Good morning, Mount Clear Church family. I hope you guys are doing well despite the lockdown. I so wish I was with you guys in person. My heart is grieving a little bit that I'm not actually with you guys. Um, sending you a heap of love and we will definitely organize another time for me to come out or just come on a Sunday morning so I can see all of your beautiful faces. Um, for those who don't know um, me, my name is Faith. I'm Andrew and Mal's daughter and I live in Wallen um, and I've been there for five years. Five years, guys, since I've been attending Mount Clear. How crazy is that, right? Um, but yeah, I'm a youth pastor. We've got two churches, one in Craigieburn and one in Wallen, and it's doing really well and you'll hear a few stories as we go along with my message today. Um, but yeah, sending you heaps of love. So why don't we just pray, get our hearts ready and um, yeah, I really do pray that the Lord just meets us wherever we are. So dear Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, we just um, thank you for bringing us together, God, even on an online platform. And God, I thank you that even though we might be limited and restricted, God, that you are not and you can still move, that you are already moving and we, and we thank you in advance what, for what you are going to do. And so we just give you praise and honour and we posture our hearts to listen to you this morning. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen, Amen. can kind of hear you in the back of my head, but why don't you give us an Amen in the comments. Um, I can hear Ben Garden chuckling, um, John and Judy, I miss you guys, and Sally, and all of you, um, just so much love. Uh, I really do hope to see you guys soon, but that's just a few people, but I love you all. Okay, so I've got two short stories that I want to be sharing with you this morning, and then we're just going to be jumping into the word, and yeah, we'll see where it goes. So the first story is, um, so... Maybe six weeks ago now, I've been, uh, I was spending some time in prayer and I really felt God saying that he wanted to bring salvation to my next door neighbor's household. And um, I was like, yes. <laughs> so we've, uh, there's a single mom and she's got a daughter named Brooke there who's um, maybe, uh, you're seven, you're eight-ish actually, can't, I really should know that. No, I think you're right. Anyways, but um, really broken household. The um, there's always ambulance and police like there. The young girl she like ran away for three weeks like earlier on in the year. No one knew where she went to, um, and so like I've really just been feeling for that family and like oh god like we need to do something. Um, anyways, and then God says I want to bring salvation. Like the time's coming, and I was like yay. Um, Anyway, so as I'm praying, God's like, Faith, just wait for me to say pause, all right? Like, just wait for the pause. And I was like, all right, no worries. And so I remember sending a message out to all of my young adults. And I was like, hey, guys, please be praying. God told me to pause, whatever, whatever that looks like. But yeah, pray that the opportunity will come. And yeah. Um, and then maybe around a month ago, I was getting out of my car after a church service. And I was walking to my house. Yeah, my house. And um the mum walks past me and I kept like, we just waved and I kept on going. And then I heard God say pause. And I was like, physically, and I just paused because I didn't know. So I paused and then um, the mum's like, oh, Faith, you stopped. <laughs> she kind of grabbed my hand and um, I was like, yeah. And she said, hey, I hear you run a youth group. And I was like, oh, yeah. Um, and she was like, do you reckon Brooke would be able to attend? I was like, yeah, love her too. 
And she said, well, I was talking to the welfare worker at the local school who I'm in friendship with. And um, the, the welfare worker told me that your youth group was exactly what my daughter needs. Um, and as we all know, most of you guys will know, uh, I like always cry. And like, to, I couldn't cry in that moment because it probably would have freaked her out too much. But in my head and heart, like all the emotions <laughs> were happening and I was like, Oh God, you're so good. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> you know, trying to compose myself. And um, I was like, well, we'd love to have her. Like we're a great family. Um, and then two weeks ago, Brooke finally came to our youth group and she loved it. Um, she sent me a message later that night and she was like, Faith, like, I, I feel like I've got a family for the first time. Um, I loved it so much. Thank you for welcoming me and just thanking God that I got to meet you guys. And I'm like crying. Like I was still with my youth leaders at the point because we were debriefing the night and I was like, <laughs> God's so good. And he is. Um, and so it was amazing. And then last night we had youth online and she joined in again and it was the first time that she also heard a message and you know, we didn't do a call for salvation. I think that will come. But just, you know, she even said, like, the message really touched me. Thanks, guys, for a great night. And that was that. Um, but I say that was that, but it was just so much more. And I she was just so close. And I'm so excited. So I'd love you guys to be praying for me because God is definitely doing a work. Um, another story is of another youth girl of mine. She's been coming to the church um, all right. Well, actually, she's brought her whole family to church and she found our youth group on our YouTube. So when we were online, we had her and her siblings join us and we had never met her. And then after COVID, she realized that we were actually based in Wallen and she lived in Wallen. And I was like, God, you just, you're so good. Um, so she's been coming for ages. Anyways, um, around Easter time this year so in April she records herself doing this video and she essentially talks about the Easter story of you know God um, sending his son to die on the cross and he rose again um, three days later so that we could have an opportunity so we could have a chance to be in relationship with him and she shares this on Instagram like for everyone to see and that is a very bold thing to do at her age like can I just say um and so all of our youth saw it and they were like resharing and like oh that's so good like you know fire all this stuff and then there was this other girl who wasn't a Christian who like commented on it and she said hey I'd love to hear more about this message can we talk and so they've slowly been having this conversation and it was a real proud moment um proud pastor moment for me I was like so good um and but I just had this conversation with her and I just said, you know, what made you feel like you had to do it? And she's like, I just I felt compelled to, like I just had to. And I was so proud of her. And I just like in that moment I just knew that the Holy Spirit had been working in her. Like just there was no there's no doubt in my mind that it was something else, but it was just the Holy Spirit who was just compelling her to bear witness to those on a social media platform and um you know the more that i read the the bible particularly the book of acts the more convinced i am that we are truly empowered by the holy spirit when our first response is always towards the salvation of others 
And I just want to read a scripture from Acts 2 verse 8 and it says, But you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Um, Church, you know, we are not empowered by the Holy Spirit for warms and fuzzies. Like it's not just about that, but um, the Holy Spirit has fallen on all people who confess that Jesus is Lord to bear witness, to be a witness and testify to the goodness of God. And um, the thing is, is that when the um, Holy Spirit has truly empowered you, when he's truly fallen on you, bearing witness, it isn't an effort, but it's actual, an actual, it's actually a natural byproduct of the Holy Spirit moving through you. And, you know, I can't begin to tell you this journey that I have been on with the Lord lately. Um, and God's just been doing such a work in my life. And, uh, like it's just getting to a point where and it's been a new thing a new experience for me where i've just been walking in cafes or in shopping centers or whatever it may be and there's just moments where i look at someone and there's just this awareness or this knowing and i know that person isn't with god and like in those moments i've just been like god are you is this an opportunity for me to go say hi or like what are you doing and this isn't to just boast about me but just what god has been doing in me and just this first response that is always towards the salvation of others and um and so i just this is god's heart yeah through and through he's all about bringing his children home and i just want to go back to verse 8 and so i'll read it again but it said but you will receive the power when the holy spirit comes on you and you will be my witness in jerusalem and in all judea samaria and to the ends of the earth and i want to highlight two words um that is repeated twice so it says but you will so the two words i'm highlighting are you will so it says but you will receive the power and then later on in part B, it says, and you will be my witness. And so I want to highlight these two words because the words you will are the same root word, you will, which is um, that is used for the I am statement. So those I am statements of Christ. And these two words, they actually highlight um, identity. Yeah, like it, it highlights identity. And so it's this state of being rather than doing. And so you are a witness isn't therefore a command, but it's actually, um, it declares this state of being. It's not just this thing that Christians should do, but it's this natural byproduct that should be flowing out of us. And we are being told that you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit um, and it will come on you and you will, therefore, then your state of being will always be to wear, be, sorry, to bear witness. You will have this state of being that always, um, that will make you have a first response that is always towards the salvation of others. And we see this in the life of Peter, Barnabas, Silas, Timothy, and in the life of Paul. Their life was sold out to the call. Um, these guys were incredible. They inspire me every day and they convict me every day. They had no prejudices. They went 
everywhere from town to town and shared the gospel. Their life's mandate, their state of being was to bear witness. And they just kept on going, even though they really had reasons to stop. Um, and Paul, mate, he preached from like 9pm till dawn the next day. And we struggle with the two hour church service. But that's another sermon. Um, but he just kept on going. And I just want to pick a few things apart in the book of Acts and share some points with you all. Um, I've been, I've finished it now, but I probably a month ago, I was reading like Acts verse for verse and it's pulling and from, sorry, from verse to verse. And it's really wrecked me and um, pulled it apart. And so I'm just wanting to bring some points. So if you've got notes, um, point one is, um, we are called to be a bridge that leads people to God. So um, I'm not sure of the proper name for these bridges, but you know the bridges that kind of have the power to go like up and down. Um, so we are the bridge that leads people to God, but we can't do that when our when our bridge roads, whatever you call them, are up. Yeah, like <laughs> they're just going to do this and then either fall or <laughs> they have to go back. Um, but we're meant to be... Um, always open for people to walk into the arms of the Father. You know, as soon as we're saved, it stops being about us. And like, God loves us and he does make it about us because he wants us to be in relationship. So hear that. But really, when we are saved, it's about everyone else who does still not know him. And um, God's plea is to save the world and he is waiting for you and I to be committed towards the salvation of others and you know back to us being a bridge we are a um, church the question I guess I have is are we a bridge that is open that so that people can be led to God or are we maybe a bridge that is closed off you know, our brother Peter was a bridge that stayed open. He never wanted to be a closed off bridge. And he went as far to say, who was I to think I could stand in God's way? In Acts 10 and 11, we have the story of Peter and Cornelius um, and where we continue to learn about how the gospel is meant for everyone, um, Jews and Gentiles alike. And two men had visions from God that caused them to cross paths. And Cornelius was a Roman soldier who was a follower of God. And he had a vision in which an angel tells him to send some men to Joppa to fetch a man named Simon Peter, who was staying with um, a man named Simon the Tanner. And Peter had a strange vision of a white sheep being lowered down um, from the skies with all sorts of animals on the sheep. And a voice told him to eat the animals that were on the sheep. And Peter protested and because some of the animals that were on the sheep were, were, were deemed unclean in the, by the Lord given to them by Moses. But the voice replied in this vision saying, Do not say anything is not pure that God has made clean. And we find that in Acts 10, 15. Um, this vision was repeated three times and Peter was still confused and unsure about what it meant. 
And at that time, the um, men that Cornelius sent to Peter arrived and the Holy Spirit told Peter that these men were sent by God um, and that he should go with them. And so he did. And they went back to Caressa to meet with Cornelius and um, they met for the first time. And Cornelius, um, you know, fell down to the floor, it says, and, you know, he worshipped Peter, apparently thinking uh, like he thought that he was an angel or a God. But Peter quickly got him up and he's like, no, 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 like, like, I'm just a man just like you who is following God. And, you know, Cornelius got back up and both of them started to compare dreams. And Peter became sure about what his visions meant. And God was making it clear that the gospel of Jesus Christ is for everyone, wherever they may be or whoever they may be. And um, the gospel message isn't just for the Jews. And while um, Peter was there, um, the people believed in Christ and were baptized and they received the gift of the Holy Spirit, just like the apostles did on the day of Pentecost. And so he was seeing these Gentiles experience God. And, um, you know, it was this beautiful moment. And, you know, J Jesus moved powerfully in that space as um, Peter just ministered to them. And um, Peter then, you know, the next day he goes back home and the the other uh Sorry, the, the the other Jews there were like really not happy that Peter was associating himself with people who were unclean with the Gentiles. And they were like, how could you have gone there? Like, what are you doing? Like, you can't be with them. Like, God's not with them. And um, they didn't think that he could be breaking the Jewish rules about eating with them and praying and all that stuff. And so they were accusing him. And then Peter says, and I'll read it straight from the scripture, and it's from Acts 11, 16 to 17, if you want to quickly follow. Um, and it says, Then I remembered what the Lord had said. John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So if God gave them the same gift he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? Peter told them what had happened with these men. And when they heard Peter's stories, they were convinced, just like he, everyone was to be accepted. No matter the country they came from, everyone had access to the Holy Spirit. And let's just pause a moment and reflect about what Peter said, because he said, who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? Like, what a guy. Um, He could... The Holy Spirit falls on all those who believe, yeah? And in that moment in that house, he could see the Holy Spirit moving, which told them that they believed in Jesus, that they were baptized. And he was like, who was I to not to stop myself from ministering them or sharing what I believe when God was clearly moving? And, you know, who are we to stand in God's way? The cross is for everyone and we are to bear witness. Our first response is always towards the salvation of others, regardless of where they come from. We are meant to be the bridge that leads people to God. Yeah, like how good. We are meant to be that bridge. Are we that bridge, church? Um, number two. Um, so I've said it before, but I'm making it a point. Um get it and it is a point so now point number two when you are truly empowered by the holy spirit your first response is always towards the salvation of others um 
Paul has officially become my favorite person probably in the world. Um, he's incredible. Um, if he was alive and the marrying type, I would be at his door. Like I really would be. Um, but, you know, just to uh, pause about and talk about him for a bit, but we have this story and it's a story we all know of Paul and Silas and they were um, in prison and um, Paul and Silas were in the city of Philippi for those who don't know and they came upon a female slave and she had some um, sort of evil spirit that allowed her to tell the future and her owners were exploiting her by making money off these gifts of hers and you know she kept following Paul and Silas around you know shouting and Paul eventually became irritated at this woman who was constantly shouting at them I probably would too like can you just imagine like they're trying to share the gospel and there's just this lady like ha ha like you know whatever she's saying like I'd be like boom no um, so Paul um, in this you know state of being really annoyed by this girl and it was becoming very difficult for them to preach Paul was guided by the Holy Spirit um and so he cast the spirit out of this woman and it immediately left. And once the owners found out about this, they were infuriated. Like they were furious at, um, at Paul because they had just lost their source of income, right? And they had Paul and Silas arrested based on lies because that was the only way that they were going to get arrested. And the crowd joined in this riot as um, Paul and Silas were getting arrested. And Paul and Silas were beaten, they were whipped, they were thrown into prison. And, you know, the jailer was told to watch them closely. And so he put them in, like, the deepest level of the prison and he shackled their feet so they couldn't move. And as we know, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns together. And um, suddenly an earthquake shook um, the prison and the doors came loose and their chains fell off. Um, they were free, right? They were free. They like Their doors were swung open. And wouldn't you leave? Like, let me know in the comments. Like, I would have bolted, like, maybe a bit quietly so I wouldn't have woken up the jailer. But they stayed. And so the jailer wakes up, right? And he like freaks out because he saw the cell doors open and he thought the prisoners had escaped. And I just want to read from the actual verses. So we're um, reading from verse 27, sorry. And it says, um, the jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights and rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in the house. Um, such a good story. And so often, you know, we focus on Paul and Silas still being able to sing praises to God in the midst of being, you know, um, shackled and imprisoned and all that stuff. But I think this part with the jailer is like, the, like, oh, so good. But Paul and Silas, right, they were just bashed by this jailer. Yeah, like they, they were stoned, they were hurt. And they could have ran away, but they stayed. And then Paul's yells out just before the jailer was about to kill himself and saves him physically and then eternally by leading him to Christ and his family. Um, Church, I don't know about you, but if someone had just bashed me or whipped me, 
mate i would have asked for just justice or i would have knocked him one i don't know if i would have nah i'm pretty strong i could have done it but um or maybe not i don't know but anyways you know what i'm trying to say but i would have wanted him to be in prison like i like and i hadn't done anything wrong like ah uh, but paul his first response wasn't anger, even though I think he had every right to be. Like his first response wasn't hate. It wasn't to let him kill himself, but it was towards the salvation of this man. And Paul and Silas knew how important it was. And so like my point, again, when we are truly empowered by the Holy Spirit, our first response will always be towards the salvation of others. It won't be our prejudices. It won't be, you know, our anger or our hurts or who we think deserves it or not. But it will always be towards the salvation of others, regardless of what they've done to us or to others. So that's point number two. Number three, all Paul did was preach the gospel and shared his faith. Even when he had every reason in the world to leave the town he was in. The Apostle Paul is an inspiring example of someone who got down from time to time because he got whipped or stoned or prisoned, but he was never out of the game. He stayed in. He may have got down, but he was never out. When he and Barnabas were in Lystra preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, they healed a lame man and caused quite a stir in the town. Um, the people thought that they were gods and Paul and Barnabas had trouble convincing them not to offer sacrifices to them. But when some Jews came from Anitok and Inkinen, can I just side note, they make these towns so hard to pronounce. Like, and I don't even know. Like, couldn't they say Mount Clear, Ballarat, um, Sunbury, Wallen? Like, so much easier to say. Anyways, um, so, but Jews came from these two towns and they won over the crowds who quickly turned on Paul and they stoned him. Supposing him to be dead, they dragged him out of the city and despite, um, you know, Paul's obedience to God in preaching the gospel, Paul suffered tremendously and not just in this occasion, but so many. And, you know, he was in such bad shape that everyone thought that he was dead. But the disciples, they stood around him and they just prayed for him. And amazingly, Paul got up and entered the city. Um, he got down, but he wasn't out. In fact, the next day he was able to leave Lystra and head to Derby to continue preaching the gospel. Like, he could have taken a week off, don't you reckon? Like, he was so badly beaten that people thought he was dead. He would have been bloody, swollen. He was so bad. They dragged him out of the city for the birds to pick on him or, like, you know, to pick away. Um, he would have been badly hurt. Like, take a week off, dude, you know. But it didn't change he woke up the next day and he went into this town and there are so many stories like this where Paul continues to go from town to town sharing his faith sharing his faith wasn't a job he retired it was a state of being he was a forever witness church you know are we truly God's witness 
you know, I really could keep on going and um, we can learn so much from the book of Acts and it really is a book to heed, to listen to. And so I encourage you guys to read it, you know, but, you know, it shows us how we are to live on earth through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, which has fallen on all those who have called upon the name of the Lord. And, you know, we have Paul in Acts 20 who calls together the elders of the church of Ephesus to remind them of what they already know but have somehow forgotten. Um, and he tells them what he did while he was with them so that they can continue in the like manner. Um, and Paul says from verse 18 in Acts 20, he says, When they arrived, he said to them, do you know how I lived the whole time I was with you? From the first day I came into the province of Asia, I served the Lord with great humility and with tears and in the midst of severe testing by the plots of the, my Jewish opponents. You know I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly from house to house. I have declared to both... Um, the Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I love how Paul says to the church elders, he says, you know how I have lived. You know, I love that whole passage, but he says, you have seen how I lived. His words were matched by his actions. He was devoted to the salvation of others. Why? Why is this message important, church? Why should our first response be towards the salvation of others? Because Paul and we need to understand the price to those who do not know him. Paul knew he, he was convicted, he was motivated to the point of putting his needs last because the salvation of others was more important because he understood the price to those who were not saved. He understood the price to those who were not saved. Seriously, this guy, like, I'm in love with him. He's so good. Um, he's, yeah, um, and a few verses later, he then goes on to say in verse 24, still in chapter 20, However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. If that's not a prayer, I don't know what is. But church, we are tasked with testifying the good news of God's grace to Jerusalem, Samaria, Judea, and to all the ends of the earth. Let me say this one last verse before we get ready to close. And it's in Acts 20, 28. And Paul says, Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he brought with his own blood. Church, we are to keep watch over ourselves, but also the flock that the Holy Spirit has given us. And not just the church, not just me, not just Andrew and Mal or the leaders, but to everyone. The Holy Spirit has entrusted people in our sphere of influences. It is on all of us to keep watch of them. Paul 
and lived his life in this way and he lived the life that Jesus lived and we are too, we are to become more like Christ. And we do so by becoming examples, helping the weak and preferring to give rather than to receive. You know, I've been um, ministering to this guy of late and um, he's still very much owning his faith and he's just been on this journey, like hearing more about God for the last um, year. And um, we got to this point, like in our connect group and we're talking about salvation and heaven and hell and there was a quite a full-on conversation. But he got to this point where, you know, he said, um, you know, if I, if I don't see my family in heaven, I don't know if I want to buy into this God. And I know this is such a sensitive topic and, you know, my heart broke and I, I got so emotional and I started crying and I really felt for this guy and, and what he was saying. Like, you know, it was, you could see it was such a, a tension point pouring. And, you know, um, and I just started sharing with him or more like cried with him and, um, I said, and this is why the sal- the fight for salvation is so important. This is why Paul lived the way he did. This is why we as Christians, our first response needs to be towards the salvation of others. Because this isn't a game or something that we can sit on the fence on or choose when we might be a witness or when not. But heaven, hell, it's real. And I don't know how we go day by day by not noticing those around us who are clearly not with God. How are we not loving people more intentionally so that they might see Christ through us? How are we not compelled to share our faith more? Paul tells us that he was compelled by the Spirit. Are we compelled by the Spirit? As a believer of Christ, you're responsible for spreading God's love and grace to a sick and suffering world. Fulfilling this calling is a mission too important and daunting to rely on our own strength or our own um, ideas or agendas. But it can only be accomplished through the power of Christ and it requires us um, to be full of his Spirit. Before I said, Paul lived the way he did because he understood the price it was to those who were not saved, who did not know God. This is so important because of the message we all know, because for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever shall believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. A lot of us could tell me that verse. They could probably tell me where to find it. It's a verse that even non-Christians know is very well known. And this verse, it is the very foundation of our faith. It is because of this um, that we have the Holy Spirit so that we can then share this message to all those that need to hear it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever shall believe in him would not perish, 
would not perish, that is the heart of God, but have everlasting life. This scripture says everything. This scripture testifies about how much God loves us. For every single person in this world, this would be one of the most powerful scriptures, statements that we'll ever read in the Bible. Why? Because it all comes down to this. We are here and able to be saved because of the sacrifice that Jesus made for you and I. Without this act, you and I would not be here. We would not be saved by the grace of God. It is because of love, because God so loved it, for God so loved the world. Every day, God is fighting for the salvation of others. Every moment, every minute, God is using to fight for those who do not know him. Every moment he is fighting to draw us closer to him. Does that not tell us how we should be living our lives? Every moment and effort is spent on the fight for the salvation of others. And for us who say we are Christians, it is for us to do the same. We are commissioned. In Matthew 28, 16 to 20, then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. This commission was not just for those on, at the Mount of, on the day of Pentecost. It is a commission for everyone in whom the Holy Spirit has fallen on, on all of those who have confessed that Jesus is Lord. And that means you and I who have that relationship with him. And so, guys, I just want to spend some time and just pray that the Holy Spirit would fall on us more so that we would have more and more opportunities to share our faith, to see people come to know him. And if we all take a moment to re recall that moment that we became saved, in that moment when we remember, we know what we're meant to be doing. Why would we want to rob that moment from anyone else? And maybe someone here, you're listening to this and your relationship with God isn't right. Maybe you haven't made the prayer or got to that point where you have accepted Jesus into your life. And let me just say, friend, that this moment is more for you than it is anyone else. Because every effort by God, by Jesus, is to connect with you right now. And so I just want to create a moment, you know, if you want to respond to the message of God, to what Jesus did for you, then I just want to lead you in a prayer. And then I just want to encourage you that whoever is with you or to our message dad or mail so that they can walk with you in this journey and coming to faith, to starting this relationship with him, then please 
go do that. Because as Christians, you know, we're meant to do this journey of faith together. We're not meant to do it alone. And Dad and Mel and the rest of the team will have the resources and the grace and love to journey with you and um, we'll be able to walk together. But if you are feeling prompted right now, if this is an invitation for you, then this is your moment to say yes. Yes, I believe in Jesus and what he did for me. And yes, I want to start this relationship with him. And so um, I just want to pray. And again, if that is you and you're praying this prayer with me, then please Talk to the person who's with you that you know is Christian or go to Dad and Mal. Message the YouTube channel if you somehow found this. Um, and let me just take a moment to pray. Um, and I, I encourage you even to repeat after me. So, dear Lord Jesus, thank you for this moment where you have revealed what you did for me. Thank you for sending your son to die on the cross so, um, and forgiving me of my sins so that I can have a relationship with you. Lord, I stand here today and say sorry for what I have done and ask that you would enter my heart and that we would be, um, and we would start a relationship together. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I really felt that was something that I had to do um, today. Um, even coming in, you know, to preach in person, this has been the message. And so I really do believe that that um, call for salvation really was for someone watching this. So know that that was God's intentional effort to fight for you. And for everyone else, guys, this is what we are called to do. And again, remember that when we are truly empowered by the Holy Spirit, our first response will always be towards the salvation of others. It is a state of being. It's not an effort. It is a joy and an honor. And that it's a natural byproduct of our relationship with him. And so, guys, I just pray that right now that the Holy Spirit, Lord God, would just fall on every single person, more so than what we have experienced. And, Lord, I just pray that our first response will always be towards the salvation of others, that we would love unconditionally and unfailingly, God, that we would extend your grace and preach your truth. And Lord, even when it is hard, that we would continue to have the salvation of others at the forefront of our mind because it's all about them and seeing them come home as you have brought us home. And we just pray for these things and thank you in advance what you're going to do for the testimonies that are in us that can come out to bring people to you. And we just thank you for your good work. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. Church, I love you guys, thinking of you all, and I hope to see you soon. Bye.